I see you. And I know what you're thinking. It's time to break out of your fashion fog and do the thing in 2024. So whether you're booking that new photo shoot or you're hosting an in-person retreat, or maybe this is the year that you get on some stages and you talk or you have a podcast tour coming up, whatever it is, it's time to get styled. So book a style consult today so we can determine the easiest way to turn your wardrobe and you into a powerhouse of confidence. So book a style consult today and we'll determine what you need. Maybe it's a VIP day. Maybe it's a color analysis or a wardrobe update. Or maybe the style squad is exactly what you need to grow your style, reawaken parts of yourself, and do it alongside other amazing female entrepreneurs. Either way, book your call today and let's start that conversation. Because honestly, December is the perfect time to plant seeds for Q1. And if you're wondering, yes, all of this can be done virtually every single piece of it. The link will be in the show notes to book if you're ready to book that style consult. And guess what? It's time to get back to the show. Monica, welcome to Style for Life. I'm so excited that you are here with me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. (laughs) I'm so excited. So guys, Monica Federico, but I'm gonna get you to say your name on sexy for everybody is one of my new LinkedIn friends. So it's not yeah. a secret. I've been talking about it. When I lost my job a couple of years ago, the, one of the things I got, and we can talk about this too, one of the things mm-hmm. I got out of that severance package was a career coach. And mm-hmm. the first thing she did was like, get back on LinkedIn. And I was like, okay. So I was like, Gear, you know, cleaning up my LinkedIn because I've been with this company for 11 years. So I was like, dating again? <laughs> I can actually relate to that. Yes, I think I did the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, so I'm dating again and I got to like clean up my LinkedIn profile. Okay, we're going to do yep. this. And then I had the amazing idea to start my business. So then LinkedIn became this like scary place for me because I identified mm-hmm. it as that version of myself and I couldn't go on there anymore. I wasn't good enough. You know, I had got cut when they did layoffs. Like, who am I too? So me getting back on LinkedIn this year, this summer really, um, has been such a big deal. So you coming on the podcast and us connecting and I really enjoyed your content and it's really not even refreshing, like inspiring, just like really juicy stuff. So you coming on the podcast, um, it's a big deal to me. So I'm really excited. Thank you. I can relate to your story, I have to say. Yes. (laughs) It's a good place, LinkedIn. (laughs) We'll touch on that. So guys, Monica is a high-performance mindset coach um, based out of London, and let's, I want to pass it over to you. Like, tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll dive into some of these juicy questions on how you use your style now in your business to create safety for your clients and mindset and all that juice, but let's start with a little bit about who you are and where you're from and what you do and what makes you so amazing. Right. Yeah, you said it. I'm a mindset coach and I specialize in career and business, which is why I'm always on LinkedIn and why we met there, because the majority of my clients are also on LinkedIn. And I I am formally trained as a performance coach, but I decided to specialize in mindset and I just carried on studying further because 
ultimately when we are taking actions uh, towards our goals the mindset with which we take those actions is what is really going to dictate the quality of the results so i'm all for action but performance is relevant to the quality of our mindset so i did a lot of that and and i specialize in career and business because my story is not too dissimilar to yours uh, i was also in corporate for 20 odd years and with the same company for the last uh, 16 years and um career in particular has always been a very big part of my identity who i am i'm very uh, i would say quite ambitious and and therefore i thought you know what i want to help other people like me because i didn't you know unlike you you had a career coach when you had your um when you were made redundant, I didn't. I was my own coach all the way through, <laughs> and uh, and and I realized, well, I I could have done this it's so much easier and quicker and better, and um, and I love working with other people that also are very purpose driven. So um, my clients are very similar to me. They're mid career. They're they're a little bit stuck, and. I was thinking about the fact that your audience is all female and mine are, I coach mixed gender, every, anything and everything, but 70% of my clients are actually female. And I think that potentially that is simply because also women they tend to be a little bit better at asking for help, support and talk their challenges out loud. So, and, and also while the reason why I do career and business is because a lot of clients also want to do exactly that, um, the same journey that me and you had going from uh, a corporate career into setting up their own business. So um, that's the reason why I do what I do, really. And um, what else? So, yes, I'm based in London. I've been here for... 33 years now I moved to here when I was 21 which means some people can do the maths now yes so that <laughs> makes me level 54 um, oh, um Monica I hope I look as good as you when I'm at level 54 when you posted a post about your birthday I was like stop <laughs> I think Thank it's you. because of that homegrown Italian epicenter <laughs> It's probably the olive oil, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you know, also, it, you know, if I don't know if you've ever been to Italy or or if you even ever stumble upon any um, Italian TV programs ever, Italian women they just look fabulous. They, I don't look that young. When I the, the, the very few times that I go to Italy to Rome, still now. They, they normally don't get shocked when I say 54. I think that Italian women, they've got this passion for style and looking after themselves. Um, yeah, and they, they, they put a lot of work into it. <laughs> and the olive oil. And the olive oil. I love it. So Italy is <laughs> on our summer bucket list coming up in summer 2024. Uh -huh. So it's funny how it all makes sense because when I first like was attracted to your content and liked your stuff and it wasn't until after we started chatting that you told me that uh you're from Italy and I was like oh it all makes sense like literally this is like where you know like 
the birthplace of fashion and style. So I love that. Yeah. I have to say, before we jump in to really want to talk about this really cool conversation that you and I have behind the scenes, I love what you said about coaching the career to business transition because that mm. career, like starting in my 40s, that mid-career transition is really, yeah. I don't want to use the word hard, <laughs> special, because mm. we've been trained for 20 plus years to be a waste, act a certain way, to dress a certain way, to like oh, yeah. do this corporate life. And then all of a sudden it's, um, and then you're like, Hey, you want to start a business? Okay. And all of a sudden, and I don't know if you struggle with this or if your clients struggle with this or if anyone listening struggles with this, but I have found myself struggling with this. I'm getting better. All of a sudden it's like, I have too much freedom. And now I'm like, I don't even know how to create with all this freedom. Cause I'm so used to being with these rules and these guidelines and this company culture and having someone over me. Mm. And it took me a while to be like, Oh, this is my business. I can literally do it however I want. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I know what you mean. The thing is that with that sense of freedom, uh, it comes accountability and it comes a lot of responsibility suddenly you're responsible for getting up in the morning, <laughs> getting out of bed early enough, you know, and it's so easy just like, you know, snooze it off and, uh, you know, today I'm going to be working wearing pyjamas because I might not need to be on Zoom today. And and self-discipline comes into play a lot, I think. Yeah, really. that's a good point. Yeah, very much. And, and and we easily, you know, and this is part of the whole mindset piece work that I do with people. There, there is a lot about the way we sabotage ourselves, the way we procrastinate, the way we avoid difficult tasks. So for some people, that can be a straight up form of self-sabotage and it can be worked on. So You nailed it. Um, self-sabotage is something that like, I don't think I realized how much I was self-sabotaging. And so like you hit a wall and as a business owner, you can't hide your self-sabotage. It's so easy to hide it in corporate. You follow rules or you do this, you play the game that someone else has laid out for you. But as a business owner, you can't hide your own self-sabotage. Like it is reflected back to you. And you're like, dang, I thought I worked on that. The thing is that the patterns come back, right? And they show up everywhere. They show up in our relationships with our family, with our partners, with our friends, just absolutely everywhere. So whatever was getting in the way in our corporate life uh, is getting in the way also in a business life uh, as as the solopreneurs in particular, if we don't have a big team behind, that's... Uh, and as you said, yeah, we can't hide because... Yeah, things don't happen when we self-sabotage. We just cannot move the needle. So, yes. yeah, there's no place to hide. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you're working for somewhere else, for someone else, you're still getting the paycheck at the end of the month, right? Even if you had a bad month, whether we, when you're working for yourself very often, especially the first few years, that's definitely not the case. So you need to be on the ball. Yes, I love that you said that. 
So I think that's a beautiful segue into something else I wanted to touch on with you um, mm. that I'm sure plays and ties back to those patterns, self-sabotaging. And well, everything ties back to mindset. Like we were talking about yesterday, like literally everything. Yeah. Um. So you and I were chatting behind the scenes a couple of weeks ago and you had mentioned something to me and we're talking about dressing for the boys club and this idea of not having like a lack of female role models through our career and things like that. And I wanted to explore that for a little bit because I think that that's, um, it's a super juicy conversation that I haven't had before on the podcast is dressing to play those roles. And then that kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, about like not being able to hide anymore than when we do Mm -hmm. have freedom and we step away from the boys club. I had a very similar experience. I was in a male dominated industry, like I said, for over 11 years and very minimal female leaders, but it was, it was, that was just the industry I was in. Um, So I could see where I would dress a certain way or act a certain way. Um, So I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit. What's your experience with that, with like the boys club, lack of female leaders and like how that showed up for you whether it's dressing to play the part or really kind of just in general, because where I sit, I think they all play, you know, it's like mindset. And I think the way we dress is part of our mindset. Yeah. You know, my experience, and I'm pretty sure that many women can relate to this, by the way, I I worked in the fitness industry and the fitness industry, when I started was so male dominated um, and it, got a little bit better but the very very top so if we're looking at the the executive board uh, and upwards uh, still very you know pretty much 100% male and for many years I was part of the operations team as well so very commercially minded and that the particular pillar of operations is even more so male in comparison to other areas of the business. And the way I like two camps of dresses, operations, which is where I was at for most of my career, and all the boys were wearing shirts, right? There was a white shirt, there was a pale blue shirt, and then there was uh, the, (laughs) you're going to laugh, um, you know, like the thin stripe, um, the, the thin pinstripe, uh, white and sky blue, right? That one. Uh, I even bought one of those. And now I'm thinking about it. Oh, gosh. Um, and, and, and I remember as I was moving up the ranks, I was like, what am I wearing? And there's always this thing about, you know, you're dressing for the next role, right? Yes. That was playing in my head, at the back of my mind. And I remember that I was the most dressed up of all female um, managers because for me, I was like, oh, that's what I need to wear for the next level up. So, yes, so I was modeling uh, male outfits. And the only variable was that I decided to pair all of my shirts with pencil skirts and maintain sort of... uh, um, a less uh, boys club outfit but my other alternative in terms of role models was um, and I'm saying this with a lot of love for the world of human resources so I hope nobody's gonna get upset I'm gonna caveat that a little bit 
But the other sort of leaders uh, that were females, they were in human resources. And in human resources, the women, I don't know what it is, there was a lot of flowery dresses. It seems to be support teams. Uh, they always wear patterns and flowers and blouses. Everything is softer. Mm-hmm. But operation, uh, it seemed everybody had more the sharp look that I'm uh, sporting today and like most days right it's sharp looking it's crisp looking that was kind of the vibe so yeah shirts uh, you know suddenly became um, a big part of my outfit yeah I actually love that story because if you think about it like when I think of when I'm styling someone I always ask them like what are your values what do you want people to know about you when they meet you like you know why are you attracted to the things that you're attracted to And like, yes, this is a big assumption. I'm not an HR, so I don't know. I don't have, I haven't, I don't have that desire to be that skill set, but it's human resources, right? It's the team of people who are supposed to make sure that everyone feels safe, that everyone, you know, is feeling safe. (laughs) It's the big word to think of. So to have on, I assume the person who's like passionate about that and is passionate about you know, how the people are showing up and, you know, are people feeling taken care of? Is everyone getting their vacation time? You know, the people who are helping the people on a daily basis with those like seemingly a little bit more personal aspects of the business. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to me that those people probably most in my experience have been highly compassionate people. And when I think of styles, people who are attracted to flowy clothes or softer fabrics or Mm -hmm. um, different pattern styles, that makes a lot of sense from like a psychological standpoint. Like they're attracted to those fabrics and those colors because that's who, how they feel on the inside. And the people who I, I'm really attracted to like classic energy and like you were saying like sharp collars and like pencil skirts, like really clean lines Mm. and things like that. Cause I know I have a lot of um, go energy, right? Like I get shit done. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I don't feel like getting shit done when I have on a flowy dress. I feel like relaxing and chilling. Yeah, so I, I feel the same. Actually. Yeah. So not really like putting like departments against each other so much as like, I think personality types of like how people choose to show up in their business or their workplace, um, whatever it is. That's a fascinating story. So I want to keep asking you. So you yeah. notice it's okay I have to tell you something really funny before we get that when you were saying like the white shirt or the blue shirt and then pinstripes I think this shirt might even be in my brand photos because I did my brand photos right after I lost my job I had this blue and white button down shirt Mm -hmm. very much like the classic light blue with the stripes and it had these ruffle sleeves that I loved because I felt like the ruffle sleeves made it different enough and edgier enough that it was me and it wasn't so like boys club corporate vibe and when you were saying that I was just like laughing out loud or inside I was like oh my god I literally have these shirts (laughs) yep (laughs) and still do (laughs) I'm pretty sure I've got one still somewhere you know um yeah no I, I know exactly what you mean but um I think there is a, I think it's important as well to, because very often when we're looking at what am I going to wear in a business, right? There's a lot about, okay, so as a coach, right, it's all about supporting our clients and it is a lot about creating a very safe space. 
But yeah, for some reason, me just going all flowery really did not kind of uh, sit right with uh, my clients being very results-driven people and ambitious people as well. And so it's been a lot of sort of back and forth and negotiating with myself. And I'm pretty sure that there's some brand experts there that are going to disagree completely with my style choices and tell me that I should wear some flowers. but. I also find that what is important is consistency, mm-hmm. is to remove that element of surprise when it comes down to creating that client experience. And that goes with the entire environment. As you know, same as you, I, or actually part the same as you, I work almost exclusively on Zoom, right? I'm London-based, but my clients, you know, I've got one not too far from you in Texas, <laughs> or at least anyway, in the US. And, and I've got uh, people in the Middle East, uh, anywhere else in Europe, and people that are London-based, but, you know, they travel a lot. And one thing that I made a very conscious decision about is to be consistent with when I'm coming when I'm showing up on Zoom, that my environment also is curated. And I think that even the environment is part of the experience, uh, not just my outfit. I think we've all been there. There's nothing worse than you meet someone online, you look at their website, you look at their photos, and then suddenly, boom, they show up on Zoom and you just go, who are you? Yeah. Right? You, you had this idea of this person, this brand, and who they are, right? And they look all suited and booted and sharp. And then suddenly they show up with a hoodie and you're just like, uh? And we shouldn't care about it, but we do. It's still yeah. sending a message of um, lack of trust sometimes. Yeah. It makes you question. And trust is at the foundation of what I do and what a lot of businesses out there do anyway. It's not just me, right? It's trust in a business regardless the service that you're providing, regardless the product that you sell. And I think that that consistency is more important than the flowers or the sharp collar. Yes, I could like kiss your face right now. <laughs> That's how I... You're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> If we were face to face, that's exactly what I tell people all the time. I'm like, the respect that you would channel into an in-person meeting is the same amount of respect that you need to channel into your Zoom. That includes your environment. That includes your outfit because you act a different way based on what you're wearing because you have a mental connection with it or an emotional connection with what certain clothing items mean and what they represent for you. And we all do. And like you said, we shouldn't matter, but we do because like, stop me if I'm wrong, but I think that's how our brain like makes really quick judgments. So it can like kind of, it wants to go on autopilot, right? Like it wants to be like, this is easy. So if someone's wearing a hoodie, they're just hanging out and running errands. Maybe they're like creating behind the scene, maybe they're writing, but they're not on zoom, like coaching a client and, you know, creating high performance strategies. Right. When I think of that, I think of two totally different outfits. So I love that you said that. And I would like to point out you have flowers behind you. So there are some flowers. (laughs) Yeah, which are also white. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking that when I was going to, I was going to save that. I was like, and they're white. 
Like, and like, people notice these things, right? It's not it's not even us that just saying that for the mm-hmm. sake of having a conversation about it. People do notice, or at least my clients notice that. Yes. And and I was not aware how much they noticed it until I started coaching more and more and more. And suddenly you realize that and make the comment, oh, you've changed the flowers. Oh, is that a new book? And you're just like kind of turning around and just going, what? Um, so they're paying attention. And that was uh, my cue to say, okay, so I'm not overthinking this. So they're actually noticing. And the reality is that we are meaning making machines right that's what we do and because of that we give meaning to the most random things right to the clothes that you got behind the wallpaper that you've got which i know you're talking with a story i absolutely adore um and i think and i remember one particular client actually i'm normally very mindful of what i'm wearing when i when I'm in a meeting and I tend to wear white shirts as much as possible. But, you know, I also live in Britain sometimes, and particularly in the winter, it gets incredibly cold, even if you've got the heating on all day and, uh, you know, jumpers, I think they're sweaters for you, right? Yes. You call them sweaters? Yeah, right. Jumpers at my end, um, you know, they do come out. So, you know, but I, I wear a lot of pale colors. So I've got cream jumpers and pale gray, beige, you know, the usual stuff. So there's nothing that stands out. And once I, I think I got distracted. I don't know why, what was happening that day, but I had a beautiful black top, uh, you know, jewelry on, et cetera, et cetera. So it wasn't like, you know, that I was being sloppy. I was quite dressed up, actually. And I showed up. Um, at somebody's final session and the first thing that happened as zoom came on before even saying hi she just looked at me and went oh my god you're wearing black is that because it's our last session and it was said flippantly right it was a little bit of a joke she wasn't completely serious but at the same time I was I remember thinking why did I do that so that was a really powerful connection. And it's mm. kind of, I say that all the time, like when we say things like, oh, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Like it's a yeah. joke. It doesn't like hurt my feelings or anything. But like, I love what you said, like, but our brains are meaning making machines. I'm going to yeah. have to use that, Monica. It's yeah. what we do all day long. It's like, we're just yeah. like, looking to make connections. I think that's kind of what I was trying to say. I didn't say it as cool as you is like we're, our brain is looking to make connections all day long so it can memorize things to yeah. keep us optimized and she comes on she was probably feeling sad right it's the last session it's a goodbye it's a change it's a growth but there's like both feelings at the same time and that is a powerful story so you don't wear black anymore <laughs> and the thing is i love wearing black i was upset because, you know, black is not, you know, she connected it as, uh, you know, an ending, a loss, right? So the color that we wear, funerals. So that yeah. was her association. But you're the stylist and, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but black is also a color that represents luxury. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And like right. and black and white are like. <laughs> the pillars like of luxury <laughs> yeah absolutely right and and I, i'm a monochrome kind of person i have a lot of black i just don't wear it mm-hmm. 
for coaching sessions because of that experience. I'm like, never, ever wear black ever again. Um, and for you, it's a power color, right? Because you have light hair and light skin. So when you wear black, like the contrast between your skin and your hair, it's a big power color for you. So yeah, it'd be part of it too, is if you're creating those spaces of safety and mindset and vulnerability, because coaching is super mm-hmm. vulnerable. Yeah. So styling, um, when we wear powerful colors like that, it can, whether it's grief or authority or luxury, right? People have their own connections. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think for me, it's important. If you go on my website, if you look at my LinkedIn, uh, I'm wearing certain things. I'm wearing, you know, my hair in a certain way. And just to stay that person. So you know what you're getting. And there's no surprises, uh, which means that very quickly becomes about the client because they don't have to spend time uh, looking at what I've got on or what's happening very quickly. They just simply go, yeah, exactly. As I already expected, uh, there's nothing to look at. Let's move on and actually talk about something that is of substance. So, yeah. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love the consistency and the trust. And that, like, that's what Monica pops on. That's what I expect to see. I expect to see her white shirt. And we can talk about the white shirt. <laughs> I expect to see her white shirt. I always zone in on your necklaces. I think they're so fun, especially on Zoom. Thank you. <laughs> it's just something like on Zoom, I love jewelry because I think it gives us something to like create connection and it creates like a little bit of glitter and it makes you feel more real life than like just... Mm. It feels like it's something there that I could touch. Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing that story because I think it's really powerful. And I think um, there are, I do most of my business on Zoom as well. I definitely have some local clients, but people get burnt out on Zoom. I feel like it's easier, it's quicker because like, and I think you and I even talked about this. I was like, because right outside of this door is my master bedroom. Like, right, that is my sanctuary. That's where I go to sleep at night. That's where like I take a bath. So there's these really blurry lines between Mm. our personal selves, our professional selves. And I think our clothes are a fun way to navigate that. Yeah, I would agree because, and you mentioned this already, is something about this is my work uniform, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that's it, I'm on, this is my work mode. Uh, And sometimes because the only difference, uh, you know, that we experience is opening the door and stepping into next yeah. room at the end of the day, right? That that's uh, you know, there's not there's not traveling. There's no like, oh, I have to hop on a train or drive somewhere, right? It's just like open the door and uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm finished work. Sometimes the simple gesture of taking off that top uh, that yes. for me represents uh, this is me at work yes. and this is now me during my leisure time. For me, that is important, actually, to separate that. Uh, and, I, and I know that a lot of people struggle with navigating working from home. And I found that this little thing, so that they are about, this is the work environment, this is every, every everything else environment, and this is my work outfit, and I'm going to take it off uh, as I finish work to say, done. Yes. And, and, yeah, I think it's the little things, but they're quite important. Yes, I love that. Um, because everyone might be wondering, can we talk about your work outfit? 
And how did you get to this outfit? So can you tell us a little bit of the backstory? Because these are the questions I get all the time. I help clients all the time, like create their outfit formulas or their style strategy, or everyone has their own word for it. And I think that's the hardest part sometimes is, you know, people want, when we're overwhelmed or stressed out or anxious, we want someone to tell us what what to do because we don't want to think about another thing. Um, and that's been my experience with clients is like, okay, so this is your space. I'm going to give you permission to like slow down and like go deep mm. inside of like, what do you want? Who are you? And we're going to do it together. And I'm going to guide you, but ultimately you have to feel amazing in these clothes. Can you just tell us the backstory really quick? And sometimes it's a funny story and sometimes it's not, but I think yours is great of like, how did you get to the, this is my work uniform or yeah, my outfit formula. I think it's, you know, it's, I think it's, it's, it's multi-layered because I think that the white shirt, first of all, is a leftover from what we were saying at the beginning, right? That thing, what am I wearing in a boys club to be accepted, to belong and yeah. to belong to that particular group. So there's certainly an element of leftover of my corporate life. And I think that a white shirt represents career quite clearly, right? Uh, very much so. I mean, also represent waitressing, but, you know, I don't think <laughs> it's not, not this particular shirt. <laughs> but uh, mainly represents, uh, you know, we think professional headshot uh, white shirt. So it was a leftover of that. But two other things happened, I think, is that I was wearing the white shirt because I like it. I just generally like myself wearing a white shirt. And I think we also like, I'm going to say something silly, but, you know, we like men wearing white shirts, right? So to me, it was like, yeah, it's a, it's a good look on, uh, on, on everybody. And one thing that happened, though, is that I remember thinking, Okay, I, I, I want to start posting on Instagram. And then I, I was like redoing my website. And I'm sure that many young businesses can relate to this. My first website, I had stock photos only. I don't think there was even one single photograph of me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have to be honest. <laughs> not even a selfie. There was just nothing, right, uh, on my website. And then... I decided to do my first photo shoot. My timing was impeccable. Month one of lockdown. Mm, amazing. <laughs> and I, and the thing with that was that, you know, we managed to, to, to get it organized because uh, we could leave the house only for business reasons. So I, I was like, yeah, that kind of sounds like a business reason to me. And I remember thinking, I don't know how long these photos are going to have to last me. I think we all had that apocalyptic kind of vibe, but that was like, it might be the end. I might never be able to do a photo shoot ever again. <laughs> now that, you know, this is going to be my website forever. You know, I, I don't know where my brain was at, but I thought I'm just going for the white shirt because everything fits with white. If I do whatever, whatever, mind you know even if I change my mind around my brand colors whatever it is everything goes with a white shirt I'm gonna do everything on Instagram wearing the white shirt um I don't know what else I'm doing so I'm just going with the white shirt and everything will match because it's a classic it's a staple and this will photographs that might need to last me forever 
<laughs> I love that story. <laughs> Forever. And um, it was a great investment, those photographs, right? I mean, I can recycle them until the end of time now, of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not aging and neither is the white shirt. <laughs> Wait, we're also trying, yes. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> the Dorian Gray moment there. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that story. I love the part though. I was like, but I also like it. Like, yes, it reminds me of this phase of my life in my corporate life. And I like it and it connects me to my business. And like at the end of the day, that's all that really matters is that you like it. <laughs> yeah, I feel good when I'm wearing a shirt. I'm like, oh, yes. Hello. This is yes. me. Yes. And now we have a new name. So like anytime you're wearing a nice crisp button down white collar shirt, we're just going to call it the Monica. And now we're all just going to channel that energy. That's what my friend just said once. So she sent me uh, a message. She was just about to go into a presentation. She sent me a quick photo and she said, look what I'm wearing. I'm just about to do a Monica. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's a perfect place to end. This has been amazing, Monica. You dropped some really juicy insights around like how we can use our clothes and what they can represent and then how we can use them to create experiences with our clients. Yes. And I think that's been amazing. So thank you so much for being on the show today. And thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs>